combination. Has anyone I've heard research this? I've heard of that. Uh, like when people, or I've heard of people like talking about. I can't remember who. I think somebody famous was talking about trying to get into a flow state and uh, smoking a joint, drinking a cup of coffee, and going for a jog. Yeah, that would that would have me like hunting elephants and shit. I could yeah. do anything. <laughs> well, that's called that's the flow state. That's I how you know that's you're. What, I think that's like what Teddy Roosevelt was doing all the time. Was he was, yep. he sativa, was smoking a, dark a really, yeah, a really high THC content sativa, drinking a yep. fucking hard Colombian coffee, and, yep. and a jog, his, a light jog, banging us. his wife who was also his cousin. Is that right? No, I think that was the other Roosevelt. That was the <laughs> other Roosevelt. <laughs> it's a weird yeah. family. It's, Is that a uh, thing? He, he, FDR. FDR yeah, married Eleanor, one of his cousins. Wasn't yeah. Eleanor oh. his second cousin? Yeah, they was ba- they was banging. Christ. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they all look so goofy, dude. You got to keep the the money in the family, dude. Aren't isn't aren't the Roosevelts from like a long line of like uh, Templars? <laughs> dude, oh, if I... you if you want to get pilled right here at the beginning of the episode, fucking yeah. there are loads of American families that whose bloodlines go way fucking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Aren't they related? The far enough back, all but two presidents have been related somewhere on their family tree. Aren't they related to um, the fucking Rothschilds or something? The Rothschilds? They're related to somebody. Uh, I cannot comment on that specific connection because I don't know. Okay. But at the same time... Holy fucking moly, wouldn't that be a thing if it were true? It would be amazing, because, yeah. I don't know, because someone out there is right now is screaming, going, Oh, look what World War Two did for the banks! It's, you know, <laughs> some, someone's well, out there. you know, there. let's be clear, World War One was started by the central banks, you know. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about that, and since this is a conspiracy court of some kind, do you want to go into that briefly before we actually hit our, our, our special topics? Um, I don't think I've got too much to say about it right now. Okay. But I will offer a plug for people who are interested in it. Uh, the Corbett Report did some really good stuff on it, and I've been listening to a lot of that lately. That is. So a, I'd recommend the listeners check them out. That's a podcast or a show, right? That's uh, what's that guy's yeah, name? Yeah, I've. Uh, shoot, I don't even know what his first name is, but I've just been watching it on YouTube. Yeah. After uh, Bash dropped a couple links, actually, and one of them caught my attention. Uh-huh. So I watched the one he linked in your uh, Discord server, and then I found another one by him on the Clinton body bags. Oh, nice. After oh, that, God, he yeah. just had me hooked. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Some of those are so just outlandish. And Which ones? Uh, what, the Clinton the, body bags? The Clinton body bags, especially the early ones in Arkansas, like, are just... Yeah, real. it's nuts. Now, you say you saying outlandish as in, like, I believe this happened and it's crazy that it happened? Or are you saying you yes. can't... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vince pause, back me up. Like, Yo, some of the, Vince some of the Foster shit, well, fucks me but Vince up. Foster, That's, Vince Foster... Vince Foster was the tip of the iceberg, that man. fucks me right. up. It's saying so is creepy. Right. There, there were just like Arkansas. bizarre, bizarre, because you know that it's a good old boy network, especially down in Arkansas. Yeah. And some of the, the coroner's reports and, and stuff like like it was just it, it, it your jaws on the floor when you're reading about it. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Two definitely. teenagers found to death beaten on a railroad track and they called it suicides. Oh, like, yep. what God. the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's just strange, man. Strange. She's the, a vampire, a hundred percent. Like she is part of a network of vampires. I'm a hundred percent convinced of this. What is that called? A, a network of vampires. Uh, Coven. 
It's a coven. coven of vampires. No, that's witches. Well, I'm like, far be it from me to say she is. Is a it witch. a nest? A nest of vampire? A den? A den? Yeah, a that's, den that's of va- be they must live in dens, right? Isn't that how that works? <laughs> Comment below if you know the proper <laughs> plural form of vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please help us out. All right, I'm, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm just gonna intro this. This is, uh, this is the Friends Against Government podcast. Welcome, it is? everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and we've got a very special guest who's on fairly frequently. Pause. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about our Christmas topic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody, Merry by Christmas, the way. Yeah. Merry Christmas. So we were kind of DMing back and forth and trying to figure out what to talk about. We wanted to keep it Christmassy, but you know, whenever, whenever we have pause on, we also want to keep it kind of bizarre and weird. Um, so we decided to talk about anything strange during Christmas. I, I guess the idea was uh, bizarre Christmas happenings or bizarre Christmas stories. Um, but I, I, I don't know that we're going to be all that strict in how we go about it. So, um, I don't know, bird, what, what are your thoughts going into this episode? I, I think what we'll do is we'll give a little, uh, teaser car. You have a, you have a story, right? Nope. Don't have a single one. You don't have anything. You've got nothing. <laughs> nope. Okay. No. So we just see what happens. Okay. Because I have, because <laughs> I have a story, uh, something very strange happened to me, uh, maybe two nights ago. And, uh, and I, Car, I texted you about it this morning. And so I've got a story. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that I was contacted. So stay. Wait, no you texted me about that? Say, stay, stay tuned for my story. Pause. What do you have for us? You have uh, a cryptid for us today of some kind, perhaps. Yeah. So my favorite cryptid is the North American dog man. Woo right? yeah. Which I noticed. I noticed you you changed your Twitter handle to Dogman Respector, and yes, it cracks me up. Yes, I need to. I every... need to make sure that I I put that in this in the name of this podcast <laughs> to change it to Dogman Respector. <laughs> it's the. It cracks me up every single time I see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it more accurately reflected the brand pivot I've uh-huh. gone through as my time on Twitter has progressed. Mm-hmm. I okay. realized nobody was interested in my me blogging about political theory, so I just went off the deep end into my other topics or we other interests that. rather. Perfect. Perfect. So then so then we have Dogman Respector is going to tell us about the Dogman. And then and then I, you know I was reading in the text messages we were talking about maybe you, do you have another cryptid? There's a cryptid that lives near you, right? Isn't that the case? There's another one. That's the there dogman. is. Yes, exactly right, Car. And let me dive into this a little oh bit. Oh my god, right? I thought it was the beast of Bray or is it the same creature? I think that's the, the same. Beast creature, of right? Bray Road is a dog man. Whoa! Mind blown. I didn't know that. Yes. I thought it was some kind of goat man, but now that you're telling me it's a canine, I am. My teeth are sunken in. <laughs> like a dog's teeth. Huh? <laughs> anyway, that's gonna be the dog man drop. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say dog man. <laughs> uh, all right. Get, let get us into this one. Let's 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 talk about the dog man. So, as you guys may or may not know, Wisconsin was originally settled way back in the day by French fur traders, right? Mm-hmm. 
scum of the earth. And uh, going going back in French history, there's a lot of uh, stories of werewolves and man wolves and such things. Wait, are you talking also- about France, France, or this, or like French settlers over here, France? When you're talking about history of werewolves. I am talking about France primarily, but that okay. gets into their transition here. They came and settled sure. here, obviously. Oh, yeah. And there's legends of these creatures followed them to this area, to Wisconsin and to the fur trading areas. And, you know, a lot of that's completely unverifiable. Obviously, there's no written records of their sightings that I can find going back. But then in 1936, a farmer who was, broadly speaking, local to my area saw a werewolf driving home one night. What? The werewolf and, you know, was driving or he was? He was driving and he saw this werewolf. Oh, I thought the oh. werewolf was driving. That, that yeah, I was like, that no, is no, fucking no. rad. That, that is the beast of Bray Road. I wish. I <laughs> wish. But uh, so over the next couple of decades, there were several more sightings of it. But then in the late 80s and early 90s, it really started picking up speed. Hmm. And a local newspaper reporter who you may have heard of by now as she's grown more famous in these circles, Linda Godfrey was covering it primarily. And she documented just all of these cases. And it turns out the newspaper she was working for at the time had just files and files of these sightings that they weren't doing anything with. And so did the local sheriff. So she starts digging into it. She starts getting really into this. And that was the birth of the legend of the beast of Bray road. Right. Hmm. And, uh, as this continued sighting started picking up steam, it started getting popular on overnight radio, really just in the last decade or so. And since then there's been explosions of sightings of this thing here. And interestingly enough, in the areas of Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana, where oh. the French also settled the Cajuns. Oh, so now maybe we're talking about more than one. Yeah. Several yeah. beasts. And that brings an interesting, it's like, is it a cultural thing or is it a, is it a real thing? You know, I don't know. That, that's a, that's so bizarre. Well, it's a real thing on this show. That's for, that's for yeah. sure. That, yes. But what makes that even more interesting is uh, one of my favorite YouTubers is a gentleman named Dark Waters, and he does a lot of uh, horror stories, right? He'll take fan submissions, he claims to vet them, and then he'll read their stories on his channel and website. Nice. And he's got just all kinds of Dogman stories down there in the Deep South, Hmm. including including supposedly he saw a uh, Bayou Island like he was just out in the swamps, right? And he mm. saw three of them just oh, chilling. Shit! Oh god! Three dogmen just hanging out. Yeah. What were yeah, they doing? There is something. There is something infinitely more frightening of seeing two. I don't. I don't know why, but it's like you know, it's almost like it's a confirmation that you saw the first one, and also they could be working together. Do you wait? Well, the is two scarier than three. <laughs> <laughs> or is is three scarier than two? It, like like is it two dogmen? I think in an the alley fear of dogmen increases exponentially with the number of them that you see. I don't yeah, know because like two is pretty yeah. scary. They could be like wrestlers. <laughs> they could be, be tag team in you. They're dressed up as humans, like that's their gimmick among the dogmen. <laughs> they have like zoot suits on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're stuck. They're stuck from the twenties. They're like in the twenties and they talk like they're from the twenties. <laughs> Golly. Oh alright, so alright, so this could potentially be a French let me see if I'm getting this right. A tulpa. 
Is that is that correct? So I think it would probably be closer to something like an egregore that you've heard oh. one of my gaslight co-hosts talk about. Yep. And I say that because of the plural plurality that goes into it. A tulpa is generally um, spawned or created by a single individual. Okay. Whereas an egregore is more a communal thought. Form. Okay. Okay. All right. But the problem with seeing multiple dogmen, especially in one location, is that it feeds, if ever, just so slightly that chance that it could be something biological, something flesh and blood. Maybe know? maybe that's what I was driving at. I don't know what it was, but something about seeing two versus one. It, it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? And especially, oh man, if you saw two at a different time on the same night, that might even be worse. What if you saw two at the Starbucks? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One of them. So you guys have heard this song, the classic uh, Werewolves of London, of yeah, course. Yeah, sure. right? I saw a werewolf sipping a whatever at Trader Vic's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, but in America and for Starbucks, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically like that, yeah. You see them in the corner and you're like looking at everyone else and you're like, Do you guys not see the dogmen in the corner? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> nobody nobody God, recognizes. It's like a Twilight the Zone episode. Golly. Well, see, and that's one angle of it, too, though, because there's a lot of people who claim that they might just be an ultra terrestrial, terrestrial, right? All that right. they yeah. just right. manifest when conditions are right in a certain place and when they're able to, you know, as UFO talk goes, leak across dimensions. Okay. And that um, it actually has a lot in common with UFO sightings in that you'll get a strong sense of sulfur. Or that your compass will start suddenly going nuts, or you'll see lights right before it appears. All sorts of just wild stuff like that. Let me let me ask you this before we go on, because this does sound like a Twilight Zone episode, and that is part of the scary element of, or part of a scary element of it is if you're the only one that sees the Dogman, and that it, that's that's just classic mindfuck Twilight Zone. What is what is uh, pause? What's your favorite Twilight Zone episode? You know, truth be told, I couldn't pick a favorite. There's just way too many good ones. Yeah, yeah. That's bird. Uh, the one when um, when they go to another planet and uh, the, all the people are tiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that one. That's my yeah. personal favorite. Yeah, I I think. Have you got? I, hmm, I it's tough to pick one. I agree. Uh, but I think uh, Howling Man. I think that's my you, the the one where where he ostensibly has Satan locked up in the basement of that castle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's my favorite one. It's just such a. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then, if, if, have you seen the one where um, that that I think this is kind of what got me on it. Um, although I'm sure there are other Twilight Zone episodes that more closely resemble the feeling of seeing a dog man, but have you seen the one where uh, the lady is driving uh, down the highway, her tire blows out and she recovers her car. Like she, it, do it doesn't flip or anything like that. And she gets a tow to the gas station. And then I don't think I have, but is this like going in a missing time direction or something? It's go no. It, so it's going into, she doesn't know she's dead direction. So, Oh shit. Yeah, so so uh, she's driving down the highway, and she keeps looking behind her and seeing this guy, and I think he's in like a suit. 
in the rearview mirror. Like whenever she comes to like a stoplight or something like that, she looks in the rearview mirror and there's this guy in the suit be in a black suit behind her. And then, uh, you know, and then she'll just see him on the side of the road when she's driving and she'll look back and he's still there. And, and then she comes to this like railroad crossing and she has to stop. And he's like close and yeah, oh, it's just, you know, it's classic twilight zone build up and build up and build up. And I, I, I can't remember exactly how it ends, but she, I think she gets to like somebody's house and she's calling her mom who she was going to see. And her mom answers and she was like, indicates that uh, her daughter had been dead because her, her car flew off the side of the road after a tire blowout. And, oh and yeah, yeah, it was, it was Man, so good. So I don't want to derail us here, but there yeah, are derailed. so many really good ghost stories and shit that seem to center around cars and roads and crossroads. There's just so much good content out there on the highway networks of america it's insane well now that maybe that could go to back we could roll it back in and we go so where are most of these dogman sightings taking place is it people in cars like have people uh you know how when people do ufos a lot of the ufo stories you hear is someone was in a car and then overhead they saw a light and it came down and it was a ship so is that the case with the dogman is this mostly like uh, vehicle sightings Mostly, but not entirely, yeah. People have uh, primarily seen them along the sides of roads mm-hmm. or walking back to their car from a day of deer hunting is or it a, a lot of is things there a, like a connection that. with the roads? Is there like a, a road connection here? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I wouldn't feel confident saying, but I would say this. Yeah. That a lot of roads here in America do follow telluric currents and ley lines and all that nonsense. Uh-huh. Hmm. And those things do also have a UFO connection of their own. And what about... So Br- if there is some sort of synthesis there, that's very possible. What about Bray Road? So what about that road in particular? What is that? That road in particular... I think that's just kind of the catchy name it got from the beginning because there's nothing special about it, but that's just where the first modern (laughs) cluster of sightings happened. But since then, they've spread out across my local area. Oh, God. And and then, uh, I mean, I guess we got to ask if you ever have seen one. Have you gone dogman hunting? So if we could loop back to that towards the end of the episode there was something i wanted to bring up towards the plugs okay okay all right i like that he's building it up yeah yeah trying to anyways (laughs) uh so uh to bring it back to christmas you know christmas whatever your your religion it seem it seems like it is some kind of time like like how they say halloween there's like some thinning of the veil or whatever i feel like that there is some something to that during christmas where uh whether you're you know christian or whatever it, it's a it's a more i don't know exactly how to describe it but maybe a more of a, a more um easy connection with something greater or something like you know another world um, and I, and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but do, isn't this around, you know, December 25th or, or just late December, isn't this a fairly common holiday amongst other religions as well? Not necessarily like Judaism and Islam, but just like going back, uh, through, you know, through time, through pagan religions and through all, all this stuff, I think because of the winter solstice. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into the big brain pagan bullshit, absolutely. Yes. And the thing everyone wants to bring up is Saturnalia. It, the Roman festival of their chief god was around this time. And the pagans I don't, I'm not just sure if love, I'm super familiar with that. I'm not either, and I don't try to be. But you'll see neo-pagans and you know just a lot of other people on the internet around this time of year yelling about how Christians appropriated it. And it's got nothing to do with their own religion, and they co-opted it so they can take over the Roman Empire, and I don't know, a whole lot of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. At least well, in my mind, I'm a practicing Christian. <laughs> you, you are no neo pagans allowed on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm a practicing Lutheran. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Man, I'm outnumbered once yet again. I feel like when yeah. Pause comes on and when uh, Aaron comes on, it's just. Well, when when Aaron comes on, it's just two Catholics and a two Catholics and an idiot podcast. <laughs> I'm not even sure if Aaron is Catholic. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> oh no, he's not. That's right. He's uh he's like roasted, Orthodox or something. Roasted once again. Well, yeah, let me got him. <laughs> pause if you want to hold your dogman sighting until the end. Uh, it's I'll... uh it's not quite a sighting, but yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> well, you got to say it is. That's how we get the. That's how we really get the big money. Is you say you saw the dog man, but uh, <laughs> I listened to your cloak building episode, but I haven't really internalized. <laughs> that's it what you yet. gotta do. I'm still See, learning. The cryptid community cloud building class will be will be happening another time. But I assure you, it includes making up sightings. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. One hundred percent. Let's. And speaking of making up sightings, let's talk about my story, uh, because. Because I need to get this off my chest. I haven't told anyone about it, and I've just kind of sat on it and thought about it. But, you know, as I said in the foreword, I believe, I believe I may have been contacted. Because, and I'll tell you why, first of all. Because I spoke with a few people on the alien side of things. And now Mm. we'll get Paz's uh, non-alien believer side uh, uh, into this. Uh, the alien believers told me, uh, wow, that all sounds very much like you may have been contacted by another uh, being. And so I said, okay, fine, I'm going to bring that to the podcast. And here I am. I'm on pins and needles here. I am on pins and needles. So here's what happened. Late, maybe three or four days ago, I've been holding on to this for a while now, yeah, I was in my bed, and I just decided because one of the one of the ribs one of the ribs of my bed uh, fell out of place, and so my bed was sinking, and I didn't feel like picking up the bed and putting the rib back into place. Uh, so I decided to flip and sleep on the opposite side of the bed from normal, which was already like weird, but it was a thing that I did. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 reason why this is important is because the way that my room is. If I'm sleeping on the side of the bed that I was sleeping, I'm sleeping with my head directly under the window. Okay. 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 And small query here. Were you sleeping on your side when this happened? Sleeping on the back. Yeah, that's, on the back. That's, that's your first problem. Sleeping on the back. Sleeping on the... And I'll give you... And you know what I'll do? I'll give you some context. Sleeping on the back on the wrong side of the bed with the window with the curtain open... Uh, directly above me, uh, after eating cheese, <coughs> having a little wine, and uh, potentially other substances before sleep. 
I've, I've input all of these variables into my spreadsheet. And according to this, you have an 80% chance of being contacted with all of those things happening. <laughs> right, right. It almost we seems to go up as the intoxication happens. What kind of cheese? <laughs> it was yeah, a, kind of- yes, I can. It was a, it was an Italian, it was a soft Italian cheese. It was delightful. I can't remember the name of it right now. Maybe, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll put the name in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to the cheese. It was there. a delicious yeah. cheese. Thank you for Great whoever cheese. made the cheese. And it was a nice it was a nice wine. I've been trying to culture myself after we had the tasting anarchy uh on and uh and so I decided to have a little nice red wine and cheese before bed. I've gone the other direction and I've just decided to dig my heels in more sure. and just remain a degenerate. Straight beef eaters out of a solo cup. Sure. Fine. <laughs> that plays. There you go. There you go. Anyway, so I all those things being kept in mind, I am now in the position in bed where I am where the window is uh, ahead of me and I can just barely out of my peripheral vision see out the window. Just barely, like up top. And I start to doze off and I go into uh, a little bit of sleep paralysis. Now, we've talked about sleep paralysis before. Sleep paralysis for me is something I get relatively often. I'm, I'm just not a very good sleeper. And so it's not that weird to me. But this time felt a little bit different. So I'm in bed, got the sleep paralysis going. I'm going, oh, okay, this is normal, whatever, blah, I don't, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that you're okay with sleep paralysis. I just don't like it. I mean, you can continue with the story, but I, I do I have want never it. had it. I have never wanted to have it. And I have heard enough shadow people and half man stories to be terrified of it. Half. Yeah. It makes me irate. That bird just glosses over sleep paralysis. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not that unusual to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, the sleep paralysis tonight would have been one that I would agree with you. It was totally creepy and, and weird. And it felt uh, almost like vibrating, right? Uh, okay. And so I'm, I'm fully aware I'm in sleep paralysis at this time. And I start to feel vibrating. And then this is where it gets weird. The, my, so my not, eye, not during the sleep paralysis. No, I'll during the sleep paralysis, just not at the initial start of the sleep paralysis. Buddy, it gets weird. There's a hue of green that slowly starts to build uh, over my vision. So it's still my, like my eyes are open, or maybe they're not, but they certainly seem open. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- my, my vision starts to get green. Not, not fully green, but like a tint of, of sickly sort of uh, pea green. Yeah, Almost this is like this is kind of like a stained the, glass or something. Something right? like that. Stained glass it, is actually a great way to describe it. It's a throwback to that uh, Jake and Oz episode where Oz was, was seeing the the Northern Lights. Oh yeah, and they were green. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, true, yeah. But I, but there's no Northern Lights here, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, uh, we I end up um, hearing as things are getting greener. I end up hearing a very loud explosion uh not like a bomb but like a pop a very loud one and uh there's sort of a reverberation that occurs afterwards so sort of like a bang and then a like a buzz there's a buzzing Mm. noise okay and the and the buzzing noise is accompanied by uh in my peripheral vision 
a wave pattern of some kind of shadow. So mm. there's oh, something above okay. that's like fluttering like a like a flag almost just slightly out of my vision. And then my eyes close. I hear something giggle. <laughs> oh god. Jesus fuck. Okay. Okay. And then complete silence and I wake up. Oh. I, I want you and the listeners to know just the whole time you've been telling this story, I've been like creeping closer to my microphone because I don't know what else to do with myself. And I just, I need to be doing something while I'm internalizing and thinking about this. So, so I'm like right up on my mic now. I, um, so that's what happened. And I woke up. There was still the gentle like buzzing in the ear, which, which dissipated. But at this time, I was fully awake, looked at my hands, they were normal, looked in the mirror, it was normal, everything felt okay. I know I'm in reality at this point. And uh, the buzzing eventually went away, and I went back to bed, and everything was cool. And I've had, and I don't think this is related, but I've had a gnarly stomach virus ever since. <laughs> well, look, man, be careful about saying that it's not related. I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's not because I would I would actually, in fact, open with uh, that to the doctor, you know, just bring up the the the, the buzzing and the popping and the giggling right off the bat. <laughs> really? You think I should do that? Make sure get, that he get a cat scan, too, and make sure nothing's been implanted in your skull. Are you, are you guys serious? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think I'm joking, but if you want to take this direction of a Frickin' contact. Uh huh. I mean, it's so I gotta, it's got a lot of the benchmarks. I gotta like go to the doctor. Amount of them. <laughs> Do I really have? So to take us through it. You don't have to. All right. Yeah, I'm not I to even recommend it per se. I'm just saying, like, you know. What if I go to the doctor and they actually find something? <laughs> at Do that I bring point, that to you the podcast. To, <laughs> at that point, you need to at least tell me. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm gonna like, have, I don't like, know if you want to sound crazy in front of your audience. I'm going to have federal agents everywhere, dude. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> All right, They're so going to lock was, me in a cage. I want to hear Paz take us through what, what elements he sees that are that are similar to those typical of a contact. Okay, I just want to confirm. I think the reason why I say it's not related is because I've ha- I had the stomach virus, uh, or I had hints of the stomach virus like a day before. So that's why I think it's not related. And I sure hope so. Okay. I've got a, I've got yeah, a pretty, sure, pretty never I've got mind. a pretty question. You can write it off. Okay. I got a pretty question that is not, uh, that is unrelated to the contact. Okay. You, so you, you opted to have a bunch of Italian cheese and wine with hints. Oh, of the I'm, a bat, oh I'm a beast. I'm a beast. Are, are you not that's aware? I'm a beast. Questionable. I'm a beast. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, to get back on topic with that a little bit, <clears throat> the sleep paralysis is a huge benchmark for people who aren't contacted on the road or while they're driving or something. Why? That's huge right Why there. do I get so much sleep paralysis and what are they doing with my stomach? <laughs> uh. I, I can't tell you why you get it, but, you know, everybody who does get sleep paralysis, the most common factors are sleeping on their back. <laughs> And sleeping on their uh, left side. Are these? Am I, getting, I asked, am I getting peed in the A? Is that what these aliens are doing to me? 
I mean, maybe. <laughs> do you feel eggs? violated? I don't know. Yes, I do. I do. I do. Slightly. Another another common thing is not just the uh, rear end, but also the nose. A lot of early abductee stories had aliens probing their noses, too. I, don't, I didn't feel any probing of any kind, I'll, I could tell you that. Okay, um, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, thing one there is definitely the sleep paralysis. That's huge. Okay. As far as the weird creeping glow, yeah, that's another huge thing in contactee and abductee stories. You know, okay. people always report seeing weird lights. Oh, really? Okay. And what kind of seals it for me is hearing a voice. Yeah. What was it? like something that you would hear in your neighborhood did it feel like it was originating in your room it no it sounded like my laugh except uh like my giggle except if you were to go on audacity and record it and then increase the pitch it sounded like mm. my laugh though but it was high very high pitched wow that's weird yeah I don't okay know. i don't know as far as this shadow goes, you said it was just like a flapping line or something? Like a, yeah, like a flapping flag. Kind of like that. And it was okay. only in the corner of my, like, corner of my vision. I, I, it, I'm just saying what the sure. motion looked like. Right. Well, and see, just my own priors and my own beliefs and theories want to immediately take that to shadow people. But I'm going to resist that temptation here. Okay. Um, I think that it does sound like it has an awful lot of similarities with contactee stories. Okay. The the noise, the buzzing, and the pop is really weird, too. Have you guys heard of Linda Moulton Howe? Yeah. She was in the news for some bullshit with killer robots just recently. It went viral. But a lot of her work has been with alien abductions, cattle mutilations... And the big thing she's been on in recent years, and this is why that connection is interesting, is earth sounds. People mm. hearing just huge booms and pops and, like, gear noises grinding when there's no reason to. Well, there, the, yeah, there's a lot of that shit. Um, I, I've looked into that pretty fairly extensively. Uh, uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, the... the Ah, oh, shit. The Santa Fe buzz or the, the, the Flagstaff buzz or, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking what, about. And what is that? What is like that? Some... What is that? Well, it could conceivably be in both towns because it's been all over. Yeah, yeah. But it's what is somewhere? It's, it's somewhere in the Southwest where there's a, I, I don't know if it's on again, off again, or if it's constantly this, uh, a lot of residents report just hearing this low pitched uh, hum. Mm-hmm. And and it's like a, you know, validated. But like, you know, you, I guess, I guess you can go there and hear it. Yeah. Um. I I think you. I think some people hear it and some people don't based on your your, you know, your genetic, uh, how low a frequency you you know your ears can hear basically like how good your hearing is. Oh, okay. Um. But it's called it's called the something buzz and um or the something hum. And uh, mm. and I and yeah, pause. There's a couple places geographically that have it, uh, and, and and I I don't know that there's really been an explanation for it. There's none that I've seen posited that have any real credibility. You know, you hear UFO people talking about it the most, like 
oh, the government's building underground bases, getting us ready for the invasion, or UFOs are causing it, or all this bullshit. There's no reason to think any of that's correct, but that's the explanation you hear for it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know that I've heard, like, a mainstream uh, explanation for it. Yeah, no, uh, there's been nothing. You'll hear local news stations catch the stories, like right when there's a big incident of it or something. But other than right. that, radio silence. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of those those. Uh, uh, for instance, I've been listening to. I think Bird, I got you onto this, this podcast, Tannis. Uh huh. Have you have you heard of this podcast? Pause. No. What, what did you say it was? Hannis. Tannis. T a n i s. Okay. It's really cool. I haven't, uh, so I don't want to spoil it for, I, I haven't finished it yet and I don't want to spoil it for myself. So I haven't gone about like, you know, searching around debunking anything like that, but it's this really, really high quality podcast exploring this idea or this concept called Tannis. And, um, the, the thing that gets the, this podcaster interested in it was he was reading old, um, I'm going to butcher this probably, but he was reading an old uh, short story, not by Lovecraft or maybe it was by Lovecraft. And he mentions Tannis and he was like, Hmm, I don't know what that is. I need to look up what that is. And uh, he sees the, the word Tannis, like kind of appear here and there throughout history. Right. Enough, yeah. enough so that it, it piques his interest. And uh, more or less what happens is that he realizes that it's gone by a few names, but uh, he takes you on this adventure where he's just like, I'm going to, figure out what this is and it is fascinating i mean fascinating and it and if true and again i haven't gone back and debunked or anything like that uh but it's been really really cool i'm i'm in like season two of it but the i but without spoiling it like kind of more or less the idea is um that maybe there's some sort of breach somewhere um and in this in this particular podcast they think that the pacific northwest is very active which a lot of people say it's very active for different reasons um and and at one point he's talking to a scientist who's been working for the government or possibly the government um and they have like microphones in the in the ocean list you know listening for the and they have this like it's almost like a whale sound but it's not and and they're trying to figure out what it is and dude it's i, I highly recommend that podcast it's incredible I am definitely going to have to check that out for myself. It sounds just fascinating. Oh, man. It's been good. And it's really high. It's really well done. Really well done. Now that you mention it, I almost do feel like I've heard of it. I'm guessing I think maybe I didn't know the name of it. And I, don't think I think I it's pretty popular in the underground. Like, it, it's it's an unknown podcast in, uh, you know, alternative, however you want to describe it. But Our these niche. circles... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the niche we uh, keep. <laughs> but that's but that that's what that reminds me of is like this idea that there may be some kind of like bridge to you know whatever you want to call it another world or another dimension or another part of the multiverse or something like that in, in certain locations. It, it's bringing it back into like ley lines and stuff like that. It, it, well, and right. and I don't know how true any of it is, but there's certainly is at least a large amount of anecdotal evidence that that weird shit happens like that. And now, I don't know. Now, pause. Do you think uh, what happened to me would have been aliens or do you think it would have been ultra terrestrials and explain the difference to those in our audience who may not know? So to bring it back 
to that and to bring up the differences again in ufo circles there's really two big schools of thought Mm -hmm. there's the et school of thought that aliens are real they're flesh and blood creatures from somewhere else sure and they're appearing to people for x y or z in this dimension in this dimension in this universe they like actually physically exist here yes okay yes and then ut theory is something that's huge among uh Fortiana. Okay. And those sort of high strangeness people who are inclined to think that way. And now and they And now just ahead. so just so our listeners know, is the dogman is the dogman a UT? That's the direction a lot of people go with it, mm. but there's just not enough evidence of anything to say Good. <laughs> Good. So the difference is then that UT would speculate that these creatures exist outside of our visible spectrum. Sure. And maybe even not necessarily physically, but they can communicate with us at high enough or low enough radio frequencies or at different parts of the light spectrum that our eyes can't ordinarily see mm-hmm. and uh, things to that effect. Yeah. And they also sometimes have like weird, almost powers, like, so, like yes, like, like they can manipulate different parts of the environment. Whereas for an extraterrestrial is bound to like the laws of of physics and whatnot, I guess. Yes. Okay. Yes. To the extent that you can travel millions of light years, they are still bound by physics and engineering in some way. And that is the major difference, because then now you're talking about real things that are could be dangerous versus. Uh, unreal things which could be dangerous, which I think is a huge difference. It is a huge difference, but I'm going to quibble with you a little bit when you say unreal. They may exist, but they don't exist in this reality. Well, they they? do exist in this reality, but they have to reach across spectrums that we can't normally access to interact with. They're interterrestrials. Yeah. You know, like radio waves and the light spectrum are all real, even if we as humans can't access all of it at all times. That's true. Mm, Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And do you think Jimmy Carter was one of these UTs, Paz? (laughs) And what do you know about Jimmy Carter? (laughs) I don't think there's a single chance that he isn't some sort of benign radio (laughs) ghost. It's me and Carr, and we have on, like, FBI trench coat uniforms, and we're pointing the light at your face. What do you know about the Jimmy Carter UT theory? (laughs) (laughs) New, well, new obviously, I'm going to play here like I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, that yep. you don't that's key. Be a real threat for surveillance. That's key. That's key. <laughs> I'm not going to get caught up in your disinfo campaign. <laughs> yeah. We work for the Bill Clinton UT campaign. <laughs> God. Do you think? I, and, um, and I do want to actually do want to uh, pose this to you. Do you think? Do you do you think that Hillary Clinton is a UT? I think that the odds of any mainstream political figure like that being any kind of UT or Tulpa or anything in that realm is a pretty absurd 
but also very fun notion. And then, so like, if they were, they just wouldn't be able to manifest that consistently that long all the time, you know? What if they were, I mean, like lizards? Like, what if they were lizard people? Where do they fall? Are they technically extraterrestrials? Yeah, I think lizard people would have to be sort of broadly in that sort of ET camp. Okay. Be a flesh and blood thing. Mm-hmm. Though the fun thing about lizard people, everything is that there's is fun. even a huge <laughs> yes, there is that. But there's a huge divide even among people who are into that shit. Yeah, about whether they were actually the first peoples of Earth and oh. we drove them underground in prehistory, Whoa. or if they were aliens. Dude, because both of those back. schools of thought exist. They've come back to fucking enslave us as revenge. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, God. and that gets into Hollow Earth stuff, like the Nazis. Oh, and oh what do you feel about Hollow Earth? We did a little on Hollow Earth, but not really. What do you think about Hollow Earth? We're gonna all right. We're doing very terrestrially related things here. Uh, what do you think about Hollow Earth? What's the chances that I was contacted from the below? So, the real linchpin and a lot of that goes back to Operation High Jump which okay. you guys might be familiar with. What is that? And that know. was United States Admiral Byrd leading a heavily, heavily armed expedition to Antarctica in the late 40s, just yes. after World War II had ended. Oh. Right. And after World War II ended. Okay. Yes. Hmm. And, so, you know, if you want to listen to conspiracy theorists, and I love to because they're a fun bunch of people, they say that he went down there, got beat up, by a bunch of Antarctic Nazis Whoa. and their alien allies. Holy shit. And then had to come home with his tail between his legs. <laughs> My now, God. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this is our continent. <laughs> the whitest continent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a, a fun... Snow. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play with. And uh. supposedly, that all hinges on what was supposedly a diary of Admiral Birds that got published after his death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that turned out to be a hoax. Oh, mm. interesting. But there's enough other weird shit with just how that happened hmm. and the fact that so little of the information around it has been declassified mm-hmm. that there's still just enough, like, morsels of truth for these people to keep playing Is with. the idea and that uh, we would go to Antarctica to dig underground to get to the below? Or, like, what's the deal there? Why Antarctica? Why Nazis? So <laughs> the idea is, well, so if you look at real, actual, confirmable history, uh-huh. the Nazis were screwing around down there oh, were before they? World War II started. Yeah. What the heck were they doing down there, those fucking weirdos? Well, they they were everywhere in the uh, interwar period, you know? Okay. And that's what what fuels all this bullshit was um, Himmler, or whichever one of them was heading the SS. Mm -hmm. He was into all sorts of super occult stuff. So he was Mm. screwing around all over the world just looking for relics and shit. Was he really? Was he an occultist kind of guy? A lot of them were. There's no real proof that Hitler was. But a lot of other Nazi leadership and people in his inner circle were. Yeah. Is that why Indiana Jones is like a th- kind of a thing? Is because of that? Yes, absolutely. Oh, and shit. It's, it is Bit. confirmable that at least some Nazis were both looking for the spear that uh, punctured Christ's side and oh. were looking for the Holy Grail. 
Dude, you know, it's what, on record that they were actually looking for that. So. The, the, oh yo, God. this is a, this is an interesting thing, Bird. This is this ties back to that podcast I was talking about, Tannis. Yeah, yeah. And 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 confirms the fact and uh, this theory that I've been kind of becoming privy to uh, that is that when you scratch the surface of seemingly the majority of heavily influential people, yeah, you are a scratch or two away from the occult. Oh my and god! It's Dude, so, so crazy, man. So can the guy. I offer so, a book plug here too, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that I've just been hips deep in lately is the work <laughs> of a guy Christ. named Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I've never heard that. I love so that. Funny. I'm gonna do that more. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, pause. Go ahead. I'm no, that, that's fine. It's the work of a guy named Pete Lavenda, right? Pete Lavenda, and he's okay. got this three book series. I'm about just over halfway through the first one. And he is, uh, his research is primarily into just the sheer occult nature of the North American continent itself. Oh yeah. Okay. And just how weird so many American leaders and American pop phenomenons and just how intrinsically occult American culture is Yes. without us even really taking time to think about yes. it. Yes. Okay. And the reason I bring this up is because he's talking about the same thing, and Carr's absolutely right, uh-huh. that you can take any famous historical figure in American uh, culture, and it's not six degrees of separation. It's like two from something really freaking weird. Mm. Yeah, and and uh, in this podcast, they were talking about um, – uh, uh, <laughs> Because the initials are the same, I keep thinking Jordan Peterson. It's not Jordan Peterson, but the guy, the guy that uh, you already that, know, you uh, got to fight the dragon. You, you yeah. go and fight uh, the, the dog that, man. The, d- the guy that uh, that founded uh, JPL Jet Propulsion Laboratories, Jack um, Parsons. Jack Parsons. Yes. But then I had three chapters on this guy early in the book. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you got you guys got to read and listen to Pete Lavenda. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. So I, I it. It just like was one of these like moments. I was like, man, it because I had I'd been hearing it off and on like these famous people, whatever, in the last six months that it, you know it just come across my bow that they were interested in the occult. And I was listening to this podcast. I was like, God damn! Like everybody, everybody that is fucking it, everybody. It's crazy, and so you just start to wonder like, what? what's going on here? What is this now? You haven't introduced me to this. What do you mean, everybody? Like I, I, it just seems like whenever you 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 look into a influential big figure, you're not that far away from the occult. Yeah, that's true. That is, and true. it's just bizarre. And I, you know, I I don't know that I have a conclusive statement to wrap that up. <laughs> it's just oh a thing God. that I've been noticing recently. That's like that. It you just start to wonder why. Hmm. Well, if if I can wrap it up just a little bit here, yeah. It goes to the same point that I make every time you guys grace me with your platform. <laughs> if you're willing to accept the first wild notion, if you can entertain the thesis just at all, the proof does line up. Right. You know, you can create logical arguments and well-supported ones as long as you're willing to even just consider the thesis. Right. Just live in that in that belief just even temporarily. And right. And it's start- not a confirmation bias thing either. You know, it's all verifiable things. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It's crazy. And he was, he was, a uh, uh, what, uh, what was his name again? Pause. 
Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons. He, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but he was sharing a house with L. Ron Hubbard, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the way this, I, I'm kind of privy to this, like I said, because I've been reading specifically about that just in the past couple of weeks. What's freaking wild here is you guys know Aleister Crowley, right? Famous yep. name. He sets up his Order of the Golden Dawn or OTO or whatever it was called. There's an American chapter out in California. Parsons joined that and eventually became the leader of it while also being basically the lead or the most successful scientist in the U.S. rocket program. Yep. Hmm. And after he got kicked out of the rocket program over possibly being a traitor, a lot of people, I'm going to rabbit hole here a little bit, but a lot of people think that he may have in fact been a foreign spy or that he was set up to look like a foreign spy. Anyways, after Parsons finally got kicked off of the U.S. rocket project or rocket program, he takes over leadership of that chapter full time. And that's when Hubbard joined it and co-opted it away from Parsons. Hmm. This is weird. We got to do an episode on this. Yeah, that you, you know what you're right that we should do an episode on that. I say, yeah, I say, so you've got one degree, you've got one degree of separation. If you take the nexus point as Jack Parsons, uh-huh. you can go one connection from him to U.S. military intelligence, the U.S. rocket program, Alistair Crowley, who was uh-huh. an English black magician, if you want to believe that, and L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology and a moderately famous sci-fi. Author. Right. I say like that's just one nexus point. I say we get this book that you're talking about there, pause, with the three chapters on Jack Parsons. I say we read it and I say we each take a piece and we do an episode for the listeners here. And we educate them a little bit on those chapters. You wanted to do that? So sure. Let's do it. Let's do it someday. So listeners, you have that to look forward to because I'm I'm spiced up. I'm I am my tent is fully pitched. I am like a hundred pages into this book. Uh-huh. And I've probably got like 12, 13 pages worth of words highlighted in my Kindle. Oh, copy. beautiful. Oh, there's a Kindle, Kindle copy. Boom, baby. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, it's it's freaking wild. And I can't wait till I get to the other books in the series because how deep this goes, it's just insane. Oh, boy. I am excited. We should do this. Do the, We should definitely do this. Yeah. Oh, man. And now I think we should round out the show, pause, uh, by you talking about, unless you have something else you want to talk about, uh, you talking about your potential, your, your dogman experience. So the dogman, like I said, I was into a lot of this conspiracy stuff when I was a little kid. But when I started getting back into it, it was <clears throat> primarily because of the work of Linda Godfrey and the stuff she did with the Beast of Bray Road. And so I have had this idea in my head since last spring that more than just being a crackpot who wanted to talk about this stuff and bullshit and have a good time, I wanted to go out to these places of the sightings and do actual field research myself. Oh, shit. And this was something that I'd had in the works, like I said, since last spring. I really committed to the idea. Mm -hmm. And... Because 2018 was such a horseshit year, I wasn't able to get to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
again, if I can co-opt your platform for just a moment, I'm going to be setting up a personal Patreon account later today. Ooh. And so I'm not actively soliciting anybody here, but if anyone was interested, I'm going to be using whatever I get from that to actively go out and do field research Ooh, on the shit. Beast of Ray Road. I dig it. And, you know, hopefully someday other things as well. But it's going to start in this area where I don't have to really ask for too much. Okay. And I can do most of it myself. All right. And uh, once I've compiled this, I'm planning on probably as an ebook eventually. And this is clearly a long-term plan, but I plan on putting together a field research journal. Okay. Of actually having looked for this dog, man, for the Beast like of Grey Road. I, lo- I really like that. And this isn't going to be just folk stories and he said, she said stuff. I'm going to visit these sites. Mm-hmm. I'm going to investigate these phenomenon in an actual sense. Okay. And I'm going to see if I can't find anything to it. Well, That'd be cool. shit. I like now, it. a Patreon or a GoFundMe? I, as of right now, I'm leaning Patreon because I don't know what the net cost would actually be. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it would actually be that much. Mm -hmm. So we're just, I'm going to set that up on a, you know, a $0 tier donations only sort of thing or a Mm -hmm. $1 thing. I'm really, I'm really not looking for much. I just, uh. Yeah, just enough to get get you out there, get some basic right. stuff, and not. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Puzz, you got me. You got me as a donor mm-hmm. uh, because I I want to see this happen. I, we need some research on the dog man. Uh, well, I I think that that's really what makes this idea of mine valuable. Yes. Because while these people claim to go to these places and do this shit, it all just ends up being these people regurgitating the same stories over yeah. and over again. Right. So I think if we put real formal field research into this, you know, odds are it comes up with nothing. But at least then we'll have documented proof that research was done. It's true. You know, to to build off of that pause, what would be really cool, and I don't, and and you know, first I think, I think that you you're biting off a, a big chunk uh, already. But if that works out, if that is like a successful venture, what would be cool is if we had a couple other people that were located near other phenomenon that could then go and take your template of of you know field wor- field work and and how you did it if if it, if it ends up being a success or improving on it where it needs to be improved upon and and doing and investigating their local phenomenon and yeah. and compiling stuff yeah and i i really do think that's a good idea like i said this is something that i've had personally in the works for almost a year now and you know, I'm really going to take a real run at it this spring now that I'm finally back on my feet again. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. That's crazy. Um, I am excited so for that. So it was not so much a sighting story I had for you, Bird. Yeah. But rather you, an project announcement. I really like it. I like projects. I like it, Paz. I like it a lot. Good stuff. We'll have a man. We can find out whether or not the dog man is real once and for all. And we can find out whether or not he anally probed me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the field work is going to take him right to your place. And right Queens. to my ass. <laughs> right, right to your ass. Oh <laughs> the last page is just bird's ass. <laughs> With a bird's big old ass, dog it, teeth mark in it's, <laughs> it's, one, it's one sentence, and it's, doesn't look good, pal. <laughs> <laughs> 
all roads lead to bird's ass. <laughs> all right. And with that, maybe all roads should lead out of here. We <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I got to go catch up with uh grabbing beers with uh, Jake from Tasting Anarchy. How was your people. office? How was your office party? <laughs> what? Oh, my office. Oh my god, dude. That <laughs> Uh, maybe one day, whether we figure out if out if it's legal or not to discuss that, we should discuss that. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, yeah, it's legal. Yeah. I'd oh yeah. My, okay. Right. I talked to my tax attorney. Apparently, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Like, good. <laughs> right, right, right off a Christmas party on one of my LLCs, so we went out and got just obliterated on a Monday night. <laughs> booyah! <laughs> that is fantastic. That's a booyah right there. All right, uh, pause, please. Give us all your plugs, other than your project, because I'll put that in the description, which is amazing. Everyone should go and, 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 and give what they can to pause to do this research project. At least, for anything, think about how much it would benefit the uh, the Dogman community, if, and who has brought us so much joy. I mean, God. Yeah, yeah. So, other than that, the only real plug I've got is the Gaslight Hour. We've Ooh. been on a little bit of a hiatus. Well, we all get our schedules sorted for the upcoming year, but mm-hmm. content will be coming on that. It's still an active podcast. Oh, great. Good. The only other real plug I've got is my Twitter account, Dogman Respector. Dogman Respector. I spend a lot of time shitposting about conspiracies. Right. So, so Dogman Respector, formerly known as Minarch Cookbook. Uh, this is Paz, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know we love him, and you should love him too. Uh, watch out for the Dogman. And have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, And until next week, keep two hands on the wheel. Woohoo!